0: Take um, the office, so you think of the modern day office with our nice open office spaces. Back in history we started with cubicles, remember? There was the corner office with the boss, there was the very command and control leadership style and everybody sort of worked in their own silo independently. So you think that's sort of the extreme preservation. And at some point somebody said, hang on, we're not innovating, we're not sharing. We're not collaborating. We need to do something about our environment, our office environment. So somebody said, let's open up. And I love this cartoon, which says, it's got creativity corporation and says, this is the boss. You get back to that goddamn cubicle and start thinking outside the box. (laughs) So Somebody realised, hang on, how can we think creatively when we're not working in creative environments? So now we've swung the other way. Now we've got these wonderful open office environments. But I hear people complaining that I can't be productive. I can't focus anymore. <laughs> um, I don't have enough structure. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel lost. I don't know where I belong. And we worked with a, a company in Singapore, that a very large organisation that had a whole office floor in a building. And they had renovated the whole floor to be like an innovation hub. It was beautiful. We were taken on a tour and we saw, you know, all the beanbags and the, 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 the glass walls and, and everybody was free to move around and sit where they wanted. It was absolutely gorgeous. But at the end of the tour, we were taken aside by the, the leader and he sat us down and he said, look, I've got to admit, it's not really working. People aren't actually collaborating we're not seeing any new ideas emerge. He said we don't know what's wrong and we said to him look you know that step one is providing a positive environment an open environment but step two you have to actually take it much further and you have to address the cultural issues that are going on try to identify why are people not collaborating and why do they not feel free to to express new ideas. So we said people are getting quite territorial, they're just setting up their own desks and and they're they're still not sharing ideas because, and we identified because, um, they were given rewards for their work individually, not as teams. So all sorts of underlying factors that were impacting what was going on. I was using this really interesting drawing technique and that was a way of getting people who didn't feel comfortable talking about what was going on to just express themselves through a picture. And I used this cross-culturally. So I had a good long period with this organisation, so I went in and did some interviews first of all, some focus groups. I spent time immersed in the organisation again, observing what was going on. And one of the first things I noticed when I sat in on an executive te- leadership team meeting was that any time any of the other executive leaders spoke or, or gave some sort of suggestion or idea, they said it very hesitantly, and they always turned to the CEO in the corner to see what his reaction would be, almost expecting he would shut it down. And I'd see the CEO just very quickly sort of responding and saying, no, that won't work, can't do that. And so very, very clear pattern happening at the executive level. And then when I spoke to the employees and did the focus groups, some very interesting pictures emerged and lots of little employee ants running around about to get squashed underneath. And he said, and the guy described it, he said, well, some are trying to climb up and get close to the boss. I was very fortunate to have a long period of time to spend just coaching people, coaching the leadership team, the CEO, and uh, really doing, running workshops and really working with people to try to change the culture from the ground up. So when I interviewed the general manager uh, and I asked him to draw how he saw the executive leadership team, he actually drew a picture where there were circles sort of all over the page. He said, I, didn't, I purposefully didn't draw overlapping circles. Uh, we're not just intersecting with each other. We actually need to work effectively in synergy. And to me, that was the preservation perspective, the exploration perspective, both of them working together towards a greater good. And that's a a very powerful dynamic that could impact the organisation. Imagine that exploration is on one side of the track and preservation is on the other side of the track. A racing car driver doesn't just drive down the middle of the track. They actually need to find the most efficient route. And what they'll do is they take what's called a racing car line, a race line, So there's a time where they'll see a curve is coming up ahead and they'll swing out wide uh, and then they'll pull in close on the other side of the curve. And to us that's sort of like the idea of shifting between exploration and preservation. You're looking at the changes ahead, you're looking at what's on the horizon in the future and then you're going, "Okay, where are we now? What's our position? Where do we need to be? How are we going to get there? And what do we need to put in place to support those Changes and to nav- navigate through these challenges. So it's that constant shift between exploration and preservation, whether it's from the startup that's always going to be in exploration mode but needs to become established in preservation mode, or whether it's an established company that's been in preservation mode for too long and needs to shift into startup mode for a bit or start exploring some new opportunities to be relevant and to make sure that they don't become um, irrelevant in the future. So that's constant shifting. And I wanted to understand the DNA, uh, which we all talk about in this industry. We talk about the DNA of the organisation, and and if you take a sort of microscopic zoom-in view, it's also about the DNA of the individual. How do we understand what factors are really important? So I incorporated all of these paradoxes So they're called paradox pairings, freedom control, openness focus, collaboration independence, flexibility and stability. So I I have come across measures which just look at the exploration side. I've never seen a measure that looks at both sides, and that's what I tried to do that was different. And I came across some interesting results. So analysing the the data from the 1,000-plus responses to the questionnaire, what I found was that, um, and, and sort of unravelling that DNA, I found that... Freedom is an important starting point. There is actually, statistically, a causal relationship between these factors. So you must start with that free thinking and that democratic, open um, environment in the office. That leads to openness, which leads to collaboration, and finally will result in flexibility, which is the representing factor of exploration. Same on the other side. If you have some sort of control, some sort of guidance, it leads to focus, leads to independence, and finally you will get stability which is that preservation mode. So um, that gives us an indication of where to start in the consulting process, what what to start with, what to build on, how to develop, how to go through that. The second really interesting thing I found out of this was that all of these factors are interrelated statistically. So there is a strong relationship within each orientation, the exploration orientation and the preservation orientation, But there are also statistically significant interrelationships between all of them. Fascinating indication of the paradox theory that everything is interrelated and interconnected. They're independent but interconnected. So you have to look at the whole. It's a complex system. You can't sort of just focus on one without considering all of the other. The other thing that I identified was what I understand is a, a really interesting innovator profile. So what does an, innovator, an innovation leader look like? Well, this is what I discovered. They are very strong on all four of these elements, these dimensions on exploration, but they also have one factor that's really strong on the preservation side, which is independence. So you think about your typical entrepreneur. They can't just be ideating. <laughs> and have this open, free, collaborative, flexible outlook or mindset, it has to be grounded. They have to move forward with it in practice. And that's where you've got the strong, independent push, the ability to see something through to to fruition, to implementation. And this shows you what it looks like on the actual measure itself. So strong on all of these four areas, challenger, connector, collaborator, adapter, and then they come out strong on the independent operator as well. And reasonably strong on the other four factors. So they're quite balanced overall. And I've got a lot of other results around that, looking at um, so tech uh, occupational groupings as opposed to human management occupational groupings. Um, interestingly, scientists are the most balanced. <laughs> they have the greatest amount of balance, which I, I found fascinating. So there's a lot of results around that. And what I'll do is I'll put up um, some information about the survey. If you can take the survey, you might find the results interesting. But that might help you to think about what sort of an innovation leader you are and (laughs) put yourself in the picture. (laughs)